You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 67. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Sierra Robertson, your host, and today we are turning the tables. That is right. Today we are flipping the script, and I will be interviewing Monica. We had so much fun in the last episode that Sierra is here to join us again. Sierra is my copywriter and content manager. And if you'll remember, she joined me in last week's episode of the podcast for the very first time. If you missed episode 66, you will definitely want to listen to that one for sure to hear all about the behind the scenes look Sierra and I took you through. And you can find that episode at monicalouie.com slash 66. One of the most valuable ways that I have come to know Monica better over the years that I've worked with her and to be able to really step into her voice as her lead copywriter on Team Flourish is by having conversations with her. She and I talk together a lot. And over the years that I've worked with her, she has opened up about so many aspects of her life that have led to where she is now. These backstory details have helped me to better understand her as a person and as a business persona so that I can more closely embody her message when I'm writing in her voice and telling her stories. Because I now know so much more about Monica's life, her passions and interests, her deeply held values, and other things about her, like her favorite pie, it's chocolate pie, of course, um, and her favorite 90s boy band, which is NSYNC, obviously. Knowing these things about her uh, helps me to draft content that feels very true to her voice and also reads as authentic to our audience. So if you work with copywriters or you have members of your team who are tasked with speaking and writing as you, we think you'll find this reverse interview very helpful. The questions I'm going to ask her today can be a great jumping off point for you to start your own conversations with your team members so they can get to know you better too. And of course, you'll get to see a little bit more of the Monica who I get to spend time with every single day. But first, if you are new to the podcast and don't know me yet, then I want to welcome you. Thank you for joining us. I'm Monica Louie, and I'm a Facebook and Instagram ads strategist. And I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six and seven figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook Ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $2.5 million in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And while I teach a lot about Facebook and Instagram ads, the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a seven-figure online business. And that's why I am so excited to share this reverse interview with you. Me too. Our hope is that this conversation will help you to open up a bit and share more of your story with your audience and with your own team. So let's get started. Let's do it. But before we dive in, I want to make sure that our listeners know that they can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 67. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E 
com slash the number 67. All right, let's do this. So way back on episode one of the podcast, you shared a lot about your story and how you came to build the business that we have today. But today, I'd like to take your story back a little further. So let's start at the very, very beginning. What were you like? What was baby Monica like? What were you like as a kid and a teenager? Oh, man. So I grew up, um, my mom raised me as a single mother. My parents separated when I was little, when I was about two and a half. And so I grew up with life as just, you know, only child with my mom raising me and we had our dog and our cat, but I was really, really shy. And I just remember I would, you know, play with my friends, but then like their parents, I was really shy around their parents and towards adults and even older kids. I just, I didn't want to speak out of turn and I was just very, I, all I remember is that I was very shy and I didn't want to say something wrong. I didn't want to say the wrong thing. And so I was very quiet. But I was a really good student growing up. And my mom really believed in me. She always encouraged me in school. And through most of school growing up, I got straight A's. And I remember I was devastated in... I think it was junior year of high school when I got my first B. I was devastated because mm-hmm. I was on the path to becoming valedictorian in my high school. I wanted to be valedictorian. All the other kids knew that I just always got straight A's. They just expected that of me. And so I was just devastated when I got my first B. What class did you get a B in? (sighs) Well, I ended up getting four B's total. And I remember (gasps) it was... I know. I know. One was (laughs) honors chemistry. One was AP US history. One was AP calculus. Oh, calculus. Well, I know. I mean, these were not easy classes by any means, but I was still like, I was always of the belief that if it's possible to get an A in this class, and I believe that it is, then I want to be one of the kids who gets an A in the class. And that's that's just how I committed myself to... I think the other one was creative writing. And I was so sad about that because I always liked math better than writing because... And this might this kind of plays into how I'm much more analytical. You know, I'm much more analytical minded because there's a right answer when it comes to math. You either mm-hmm. got the right answer or you didn't. And there's no, you know, two ways about it. That's just, you know, I was graded based on whether I got the answer correct or not. Whereas like creative writing was just so much more subjective. It was somebody's opinion. And I remember I would get like 100% on essays that I wrote in other classes that I thought were just like, okay that I thought like I really could have done better because I didn't think that I was a great writer. But then I really tried hard in this creative writing class because I knew that... I mean, I just always tried hard anyway. But I also knew that this teacher had really high expectations. And then when I didn't meet them to get an A, I was just... Oh, it was heartbreaking for me. So so that was like kind of a struggle of growing up is that I just you know really had that high expectation of me for myself, but also my mom really, you know, she believed in me. She knew that I was a good student and she believed that, you know, if I put my mind to something that I could, I could make it happen. So I think that's kind of like her belief in me kind of, I still hold, you know, to today in helping me, you know, pursue other challenges. Like, you know, if I think that this is possible to be done, like, you know, building a business, seven figures, I've seen other people do it. And so I believe that I can do that as well. And that's why I want to encourage other people to have that same belief. That's really interesting that you got to be in creative writing because as the minute I joined the team, I felt like, you know, I I had always prided myself on being a good creative writer as well. And I leaned more toward kind of the creativity side. I really actually took some calculus in college and found it to be very much like a puzzle, which was really fun. So I did like that. But I my personally I always found myself to be a little more of a kind of creative person and, uh, and a writer 
And so that's interesting to me because as soon as I joined the team, I had written something out and you came in and revised it. And I was like, whoa, that is like leaps and bounds better than what I wrote. Like, holy cow. (laughs) So I just, I guess I'm interested to know a little more about like, do you feel like after school you developed more creative writing skill or do you still think of yourself more as an analytical person than a creative person, quote unquote? Yeah, I think that I'm still much more analytical minded. I think that writing has always been a struggle and maybe not a struggle. Like I know that I can write. And when I started blogging, I mean, I kind of... I didn't identify as a writer. I know that there are a lot of people who start blogging because they love to write. But I started blogging because I had an important message to share. And I knew that blogging was a great way to share that message with others. And so I knew that I could write. But it's never really come easy to me. I always feel like, you know, even my finished product could be better. I spend a lot of time editing and rewriting and and things like that. And so that's, I feel like the analytical side of things just comes a whole lot easier to me. Okay. Sort of related to kind of your early life and like how that kind of started to set the stage for the rest of your life. Did you always think that you would become a business owner and an entrepreneur? No, actually, I did not. I remember, so it was, I think it was seventh grade Spanish class that in Spanish, we had to answer what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I remembered I answered Mujer de Negocios, which I mean, forgive my my Spanish accent, <laughs> but I, so that essentially, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, means businesswoman. And so I envisioned myself being a part of a business being a leader in a business, but not being the leader in a business. And so I never, I never envisioned myself having my own business. I always envisioned myself, you know, going to college, graduating from college, kind of following the the norm, quote unquote, normal path of, you know, working at a corporation and kind of moving up the ladder and, you know, making good money, but really finding something that I wanted to excel at and doing that. Um, or working with that company for about 40 years and then retiring, you know, and along the way, growing a family. And so that's what I really envisioned for my future. And so it wasn't until I actually got married and started to, you know, grow my family that I realized, hmm, (laughs) maybe this is not the path for me. Maybe there's another way where I can still achieve my goals and my dreams, but I can do it more on my own terms. And so that's when I turned to entrepreneurship. Very cool. Yeah, I think I feel like you shared a little bit of that kind of transition from thinking very much in like traditional corporate terms to looking for an alternative way to make money and make a difference in the world. I think you talked about that a little bit here in the in our first episode on the podcast, but I'd like to go a little bit staying kind of in, you know, your early life. Like, is there anything about how you grew up and like those kind of early childhood experiences and your teenager years that really directed you or like, do you feel like looking back on it now, if you think of it as being like, you know, now that you know what happens at the end, like, is there anything that you can see in that early life that you feel like kind of set the stage for how you came into the business world and how you started your own business? Well, it's interesting because growing up, I don't think I knew any business owners. I mean, of the adults that I knew in my childhood, I don't think I knew any business owners. My mom worked for the state of Oregon. I grew up in Oregon. 
And I remember, so every year she would take me to work on bring your daughter to work day. You know, now, now it's changed to bring your child to work day or kids to work day. But back then it was bring your daughter to work day. And so every year I would go to work with her. And I remember one year, I think, I can't remember how old I was. I want to say maybe middle school. And so her boss or her big boss in her building um, was kind of leading this meeting of all of us who you know came to work with their parents in this conference room and kind of went around the table introducing ourselves. And then I think it was a he, I think he asked me if I saw myself doing what my mom did someday. And I, I said, Little no. Honesty. <laughs> I, was, I didn't want to lie. And so I said, no. And I didn't know what else to say. But I knew from you know my mom that she... I felt like she had so much more potential. And she, at least the way that it was portrayed to me, didn't make very much money. So she didn't make very much money. She, throughout my childhood, she always had at least one or two other side jobs where she would work in the evenings on weekends when she could to make a little extra money. Um, Money was always very tight. And I would ask her, you know, why aren't you putting in for a promotion? Because then you can make more money and maybe there'd be less, you know, financial stress. And her answer to that was always that putting in a promotion, those jobs required more stress. And she already had enough stress in her life. And so I just remember that like it felt very much like my mom was stuck in this career that she didn't really enjoy. She was good at it, but she didn't really love it. It wasn't really her passion. And she just felt like she couldn't move up to make more money. And she felt just very stuck with where she was in her life. And I just remember I didn't want that. I wanted to find something that I really loved and that I could, you know, excel at, but and that I could also make good money at. And, you know, since I was on this path of doing well in school and I knew that I would go to college one day, I thought that that would be a path that I would find. And, you know, looking back, I've certainly found that, but not in the way that I thought I would back then. So I don't even think I knew the term entrepreneur or entrepreneurship back then as I was growing up. That wasn't even a path that came into my, you know, line of vision for my life. I just, you know, thought that I would always, you know, I was good at following directions. I would learn a trade or learn something and, you know, follow directions and get really good at it and then move up the corporate ladder. And that's how I would, you know, make good money in my life one day. Uh, It's interesting to me because it sounds very much like, you know, you kind of had not an area of instability as a kid, because obviously your mom was always there for you and she was always providing for you. But like you wanted a life that was a little more maybe comfortable than hers was. And maybe that, do you think that that contributed at all to like your desire to be, to just pick a company and climb the ladder and just, you know, work, be there, you'll be a lifer? (laughs) Well, I think that we would always talk about how you know, how money was a struggle and that I was smart and I was doing good in school. And so if I stayed on that path, then one day I wouldn't have to struggle with money. So that was always the plan. It was just very, you know, motivational to, you know, head down, do the work, you know, do a really good job, keep getting good grades, and you can go to a good college and get a good job someday. And that was just, I mean, all I knew, that was the only path that I knew and it wasn't until i was an adult that i started questioning if you know whether or not there was maybe another way and i have to give credit to the book the millionaire next door that really started to open my eyes 
to entrepreneurship and running a business. That was the first book that... So if you don't know the book, it kind of profiles millionaires and how many of them are very frugal and they're not you know, buying the yachts and the fancy cars and the big houses. They are saving their money and they're paying off their debt and they're paying off their mortgages and, and having really good you know, financial habits and not flaunting their money. And they're the ones that are the, you know, the quote-unquote millionaire next door. But also in that book, they said that... I can't remember the exact percentages, but many of the most of the millionaires were either a doctor, a lawyer, or a business owner. And I remember since I was already an adult this time, I was a young adult when I read this book. I was freshly, you know, maybe a few years out of college. I was like, well, I'm not going to go back to school to be a doctor or a lawyer. I know that's, you know, those are not the paths for me. But business owner, I was like, hmm, I don't even know what I could do as a business owner. I mean, that doesn't seem like a very viable path for me, but that just kind of planted the seed. So then as I continued in my career at the time that, I mean, that seed kind of started to grow. And then because I saw that I didn't have the freedom that I wanted with my job, that I didn't have, I you know wasn't the decision maker, even though I had ideas of how to improve our processes and make things run smoother because I was you know part of the team that was making things happen. My voice wasn't listened to because I wasn't in a place of you know leadership or you know power in the in the business, and so then I just started to think like, oh gosh, I wish I could be the boss. You know, it would be kind of cool if I could be the boss and be creative and build something. You know, the way that I saw you know the best way to do it, and so and even then I didn't even know what I could possibly do, but that you know that idea just started to grow within me. And so it wasn't until later when I quit my job that I started to come up with ideas of what that could look like. And of course, there were several changes along the way and different ideas. And what, you know, when I first started my blog about getting out of debt or families running out of debt, you know, I thought, well, that was the thing. But then, of course, you know, I pivoted to Facebook ads. So that's why I like to encourage others that, you know, if you have this desire to, grow a business to be your own boss then just get started with something because there is no way in my corporate career could i have said i am quitting and i am starting a facebook ads agency i mean i didn't even know what that was i didn't even know that was a thing and so you know but it wasn't until i took the leap and you know believed in myself that i would figure it out and started testing things and trying on ideas and you know is being a financial expert the path for me and then when i decided that that wasn't really the path that i wanted to go down that's where i opened my eyes and kind of that led me to becoming a financial facebook ads expert and so here we are today but you know it wasn't i'm so grateful that i made the leap and trusted myself and my husband was very supportive and still is along the way and just believing in me that i was going to figure it out and i give him a lot of credit too because without his faith and belief in me that i you know was going to figure it out and create a business that i could you know put my mind to something and make it a success if I didn't have his belief in me, it would have been so much harder to actually give myself the space and continue to have faith and belief in myself to make it happen. Yeah, as you're saying that, well, two thoughts. One is that uh, that's an interesting bit of foreshadowing that you accidentally said financial ads because now in the business, we have worked with a lot of clients who are in the kind of like financial space and who also talk about debt freedom and things. So that's <laughs> we, we're quite well versed in that kind of niche for sure. And I wanted to talk, I want to make sure that we touch on FinCon here in a little bit. But first, I wanted to just remark 
in my own experience, getting to work with the team, because this is, you know, we have an online business and because, you know, you're able to work from inside your house, you're able to get a lot of support from your husband on like tech things and stuff. And I've had the pleasure of getting to meet him, not in person yet, only on Zoom, which is actually, I've only ever met you two, which is kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) But he is such a kind person and he's so like, Every time he's ever tried to teach me some of the tech that he knows how to do, he's so clear and so effective at communicating. And he seems to be just such a kind person. And I never had the pleasure of getting to meet your mom. But if you kind of got carried from first your mother believing in you and supporting you and encouraging you that you, you know, you have what it takes to be able to be successful. And then, you know, kind of making that handoff to then your husband is now that person here in your corner able to support you and encourage you. I think it sounds like you've got a really nice support system behind you. And that's really, really cool. I think that's one of the secret things that's behind everyone's business. And actually, my husband kind of did the same thing. I had an opportunity to... I was actually also kind of working in the financial space. Uh, I was an accounts payable accountant for a fishing company. (laughs) They fished up in Alaska and I was in an office in Seattle. And I was an AP accountant at that time. And I had the opportunity through a series of network connections to go work for a social media marketing company. And they asked me to interview and I was like really hemming and hawing. And my husband, who was just my fiance at the time, was like, do it do it. Like at least go to the interview. You've got it. Like if you don't ring the bell, you'll never know what could have been. And um, I got the opportunity to work there over the summer. It didn't end up being a career that I wanted to continue to pursue with that particular company. But it definitely set the stage for how you and I came to meet. And I'm so grateful for the fact that I had somebody had my husband. I mean, you know, my family, of course, was very supportive of me as well in my early life. But it's really nice to have that supportive person who you know, is your person who also really so deeply believes in you and wants to encourage you in your career. So that's, that's really special. And I think that's a little kind of like secret sauce that behind a lot of really big entrepreneurs is a really, so at least one really supportive and encouraging person who really truly believes that like, no, you can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And Mike has, he's been a huge support along the way. I mean, even when we first started dating and I was up to my eyeballs in credit card debt and I was digging myself out of that from stupid choices I had made, you know, in college and after college, you know, he just believed in me and encouraged me and, you know, supported me emotionally, you know, not financially and, but emotionally and encouraged me and just believed in me that I could conquer that goal. And then with, you know, pursuing my career. I mean, he always just wanted me to be doing something that I really loved, that I really enjoyed. And he's always put my happiness first, that he just wants me to be happy. And so, you know, when it came to having the the hard discussion of like, I want to be able to quit my job and stay at home with our little kids while they're little and then figure out how I'm going to make money and help support our family financially. You know, he was just like, okay, you know, well, let's, let's figure it out. Let's do what we need to do so we can, you know, be in a position where we can make that financial move. And so just along the way with everything, he's been, you know, my rock and support and just always, always believed in me and, you know, always had that open mind to, you know, not be like, no, that's impossible, but like, okay, let's figure it out. And whatever I need to do to, to help you along the way. And so as you mentioned, he very much loves tech. And so he jumps in and helps us with like 
the convert kit set up and funnels and connecting tools and all of those things because he he enjoys that stuff and he's really good at it. He's able to, you know, jump in and learn all these tools even though he's not himself in the online world, but he's learned a lot since I have been in the online world. So, anyway, so he's been a huge support and is always just like, you know, whatever you need that I can help you with. And, you know, at the same time, he's got his own, you know, great career but he's always you know willing to be there for the kids and make sure that the kids are you know leaving me alone when it's time for me to like have meetings or you know podcast or whatever you know when i need my space to buckle down and get stuff done for my business and the kids are home he's you know helping to figure out how to make sure that they're <laughs> that they're doing something else so anyway i couldn't say enough but i agree that having that support you know whether it's a partner a spouse a good friend you know having somebody that believes in you along the way no matter what is just you know an essential ingredient that you need as you're growing your business. Absolutely. So obviously, we were just discussing how important it is to have somebody in your corner. And one of the reasons I think that's so important is because as business owners and as people who you know work in the online space and we're putting ourselves out there, we have a lot of things we have to overcome and a lot of challenges that we have to face. So I want to hear you tell me a story about a time that you had to overcome some big adversity or fear. Oh. There's been a lot of challenges along the way in growing my business. And for me, as a, you know, as a shy, quote unquote, shy person, I've had to come out of my shell a lot and really push myself to come out of my shell. And you know, you know, the saying goes that, you know, growth occurs outside of your comfort zone. And so I've really kept that in mind as I'm, you know, if I really am serious about growing this business and living up to my potential and helping as many people as I can, then I need to put my fear aside and take the steps that feel very uncomfortable. And so um, that's something I've kept in mind along the way. And so one of the times that I did that was back in 2017, I had the honor of speaking at FinCon for the very first time. So FinCon has been a huge part of my success in my business. So the first time that I went was in 2016. I started my blog in 2015, my debt freedom blog in 2015. And then because we were still getting out of debt that year and saving money and you know putting it all towards the debt, I didn't go to FinCon that year, even though I really, really wanted to. But I for sure bought my ticket at the lowest price I possibly could when they you know first went on sale so that I could be sure to be there in 2016. So I went in 2016 for the first time and met a lot of great people, had a, just an incredible experience. And that's when I ended up after that, after my first FinCon, after I finally made it to FinCon, then I sold my personal finance blog just a couple months later. And then made, you know, start making this transition to become a Facebook ads expert and help people with their Facebook ads. And so then I knew again that I wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone. And so I applied to speak at FinCon in 2017. And I didn't want to apply to speak my first year. I wanted to just go and attend and see what it was like. But then I knew that speaking at FinCon would be an incredible opportunity. And so I was selected. I was so... Hang on. Before you get into being selected, did you think you had a chance of getting selected when you put that submission in? Or was that just sort of a complete leap of faith? You know, well, I know that they they always traditionally every year they have a lot of speakers and they like to have speakers from within the community. And so I 
I thought I had a good chance of being selected, but that made me even more scared, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> here I was, I was taking the leap to apply. And then I really, really, really wanted to be selected, but I also didn't really, really, really want to actually get up in front of people and speak. But I wanted that opportunity. But so I felt like very, very, very torn, <laughs> very torn because I knew that if I'm going to, you know, be the business owner that I want to be and put myself in that, you know, in front of people and be a leader in my space, that was the path that I wanted that I needed to make this uncomfortable move of actually speaking in front of people and having that experience under my belt. And so I prepped and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. And I was so nervous. I was so nervous, but I did it and it was done and I survived. And I had really great feedback from that presentation. And that presentation actually led to me getting some clients and some more students in my course. Or actually... It was right around the time that I was launching the course. Yeah. Nice. But because I was already active in the FinCon Facebook group and the online community, people knew who I was and knew that I was quickly becoming the go-to person for Facebook ads in that community. And so anyway, but it helped. I mean, people saw me speak and then they ended up following me. They ended up purchasing my course. They ended up um, reaching out to hire me to help them run their ads. And so it was a really great... You know, I didn't do it because I wanted more clients and more students, more, you know, course sales. Like I did it because I wanted to help people because I really enjoy helping people with their Facebook ads and helping them understand the possibilities with Facebook ads. And that they're not as scary as they seem. And that's what I kind of learned about public speaking is that it is not as scary as my mind likes to make it out to be. And so that was a really big step for me to actually even put myself out there because... And I did a post on my personal Facebook profile when I was selected because I was so excited to be selected. But I was like, if you knew me in high school... (laughs) You would never expect that I'd be speaking at a major conference like this. You know, like that was just not something that you would have ever expected. Monica from the 1990s, <laughs> I'm dating myself here, but Monica from the 1990s in high school, you know, little quiet Monica to be willingly putting herself in front of people to speak publicly because I mean, just in small groups, I would always get nervous speaking. And so, or if the teacher called on me in class, I would get so nervous. Like I could feel myself turning red. And anyway, so it was just something that I didn't like the attention of, you know, having, you know, being put on the spot. Right. And so, but I got over it and then I did it again in 2018 and that went well and I got great feedback and I did it again in 2019. And now I've spoken at a couple of other conferences as well. And it's something that I really enjoy actually. And I love, I always love attending conferences and making those connections, but speaking and and interacting with a crowd when they they ask such great questions. And so that was something that I was fearful of, of like, oh, what if they ask me something I don't know? But now, I mean, I've been doing this a lot of years that I've encountered a lot of different situations. And if it's something that is kind of off the wall that I don't know the answer to, then I just let them know that I haven't had that experience to be able to adequately answer the question. So, but anyway, but it's something that I've actually turned to love and I definitely want to do more public speaking. And that's why we are planning our first live event so that I can do more. I I love interacting with people in person. And so 2021, we are making the, the live event happen. So stay tuned for that. And if you're interested in learning more about that as we put more form around that and give it more details for what that event will look like in 2021, you can find it online, right? 
Yes. So you can go to monicalouie.com slash live and then just sign up there and you'll be the first to know as we start to share details about what that's going to look like and where it's going to be. So that's I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So much fun. I want to kind of wrap up our conversation today um, with a question that I have had actually since I joined the team because I was not on the team at the point when you made this very big branding decision. And that is, where did the name Flourish come from? Because it's now on everything, right? It's on the podcast. It's on our course. Our signature program is Flourish with Facebook ads. Obviously, we're here on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm a member of Team Flourish, but I don't actually know where the name Flourish came from. Yeah. So, you know, looking back, I didn't know that it was going to be a big branding decision (laughs) at the time. (laughs) So this was, well, this was summer of 2017. So my first year as a Facebook ads expert, my my new business. And I was working on the course and I was trying to come up with a name for it. And I was working with my coach, Lisa Peterson, who was recently on the podcast in episode 62. And so I was having a coaching call with Lisa. And I told her I was creating this course. And then she's like, Oh, well, flourish with Facebook. Doesn't that sound good? And I was like, flourish with Facebook ads. And I was like, isn't that what everybody wants to do? They want to flourish with Facebook ads, right? And so, so I just thought about it a little bit and I loved the alliteration, you know. You know, Sierra and I love, <laughs> love alliteration. alliteration. Yes. So I love the alliteration of it. And I was like, that is great, flourish with Facebook ads. And so that's what I decided the name of the course was going to be. But then Carrie, who was my project manager at the time, and she was a great, great team member in helping build the team and helping me, I mean, instrumental in helping me get this course off the ground and, and launched and everything. Then she started calling us Team Flourish as we started to grow the team. She said, we're Team Flourish. And so I was like, oh, I kind of like that. And so now we internally, it started as just an internal name for ourselves. But now externally, more and more, we're calling ourselves Team Flourish. And then we ended up changing some of my handles. So like my Instagram handle is at Flourish with Monica. And so the idea is, you know, Flourish with Facebook ads is what I teach currently. But I definitely, you know, with Flourish to Seven Figures, my passion is helping people understand the opportunities and the possibilities with online business. And, you know, Facebook ads is a huge part of that, which is why I love talking about it and love opening people's eyes to that, you know, it's not as scary as it seems. You absolutely can do this and have success without wasting a whole bunch of time. And of course, without wasting your money. But that's where the name Flourish came from. And we just kind of, you know, started incorporating it into more and more things. And I really love it. I feel like, you know, something that I've it just internally have been struggling with that I've talked to with um, my current coach, Pat, a little bit about and others on the team and some of my clients about is that I am very feminine. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a girly girl. I mean, I love the glitter. I love the sparkle. I love the pink. I love the purple. And I'm a girly girl. But I also know that a lot of my clients, a lot of my students are male. And I didn't want to, you know, turn them off or push them away because of my girly brand. But the message that I've been getting is that guys don't really care. <laughs> and they understand that, you know, that's who I am and it's part of my brand. And so they don't really care. They just want to know, can I teach them Facebook ads? And that is really, you know, what they're concerned about. You know, can my team, my agency, can we excel at building Facebook ads for their brand, you know, whether their brand is girly or not. And we've proven ourselves that we are excellent at that. And so anyway, so when it comes down to it, if that's something that you've struggled with is your branding and, you know, really 
being true to who you are is the best branding that you can you can put out there. So even though I'm still a little nervous of like, mm, is this a little bit too girly, a little bit too pink? I keep being reminded that no, it makes sense because that's who you are and you've got to be true to who you are. Well, I think that's a really good way to kind of wrap up this conversation because, um, you know, we started out at the beginning of this interview talking about how, you know, these kinds of conversations that you and I have together have really helped me to be able to lean into your your speaking voice and your writing voice and present your brand in a very authentic way. And I think you know, time and again, we have found that leaning into what is authentically true for you has helped and been instrumental in many ways in building the business that you have now. So if you are an entrepreneur listening to this conversation and you're thinking to yourself like, you know, I don't trust someone on my team to necessarily speak in my voice. How do I help them do that? We hope that this conversation has been helpful in giving you maybe some starting points and some places to start a conversation with your team so that they can come to understand you better and they can speak into that voice as you in a way that feels true to you and to your brand. Absolutely. Yeah. And we also hope that this shared kind of a behind the scenes look as to how I became who I am today. And so I want to thank you, Sierra, for leading this conversation today and coming on the podcast, joining me again. It's always super fun to chat with you both on air and off. So Sierra will be joining us again in a few more future episodes we've got planned. So super excited for that. So stay tuned for that. And thank you, Sierra, for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on. I love being able to have conversations with you like this. And um, I hope it's been fun for the listeners too. Well, that was a lot of fun. And I hope it was as much fun for you as it was for us. Sierra and I would love to hear your biggest takeaways from this interview. You can share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 67 or tag me on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica. And of course, since she is my content manager, Sierra will see your comments too. You can find all the links and resources that Sierra and I mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 67. Thank you so much for joining Sierra and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then I want to let you know that my next live Facebook ads challenge is coming up soon. I have done a few live challenges in the past and they have all been a ton of fun. And most importantly, the participants have gotten great results. And you can sign up to be the first to be notified at monicalouie.com slash challenge. And if you're serious about conquering Facebook ads, then check out my signature training program, Flourish with Facebook Ads. This program is for those who are ready to implement a high converting Facebook and or Instagram ad strategy to grow and scale their businesses. You can check that out at monicalouie.com slash flourish. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. And as I mentioned, I will have all the links and resources that we mentioned in today's show in the show notes, and you can find those at monicalouie.com slash 67. If you found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast. It truly helps get the podcast found by more people. And subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, Sierra will be back 
again, but this time we are talking about one of my favorite topics. You may guess it. It's Facebook ads. I hope you'll join us next week on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Flourish.